All right, I'm back with the Black Women's Guide to Understanding the Black Man. We are still on Chapter 9, and this is Part 4. We will pick back up at the bottom of page 145, the last paragraph. The Black man thinks that since slavery happened so long ago to a group of his people who he does not know or have any memory of, that he should just forget about it and go on with his life. But the only way he can forget about it is to give up everything in his life that entered the brains and hearts of his ancestors. This is the only real way that he can be sure that his actions are not contaminated with Western culture and a religious foundation. He does not realize that the torture, uh, the torture, desperation, and confusion his forefathers felt still flows in his veins. The Holy Bible was used to brainwash him. And while he dislikes the fact that his forefathers were slaves and feels a slight kinship to them because they were black, he has not studied the impact on his behavior. This sad history produced in the ongoing generations of which he is a part. He has not been debriefed and all prisons of war must be debriefed so that they are able to determine which parts of their lives were taken from them doing the brainwashing. This includes religion. He sees nothing wrong with allowing his children to be taught that Jesus, God, is white. He can always claim, well, nobody knows what color God is, or God has no color, or nobody has ever looked upon the face of God, or finally, it doesn't matter if he's black, white, green, purple, or covered with polka dots. He's still God. He refers to Jesus daily in his routine activities. He may say, thank you, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Or please, Jesus. Or Jesus, help me. Or Jesus Christ, the Lord Jesus. Or oh, God, help me. Or God damn. Or God damn it. Are you? (laughs) Many uh, of them, even those practicing the most degenerate behavior, wear a cross around their necks. They wear a tiny or large gold cross strung from a gold chain, highly visible. They consider this a statement of their religion recognition. They also consider it as a kind of charm to ward off undue evil. It seems that if they wanted to wear something connected to Jesus, they would wear the shape of a manger uh, like the one he wore, or a little too since he was a carpenter like the one he was said to have been born in, or perhaps a sandal like the one he wore, or a little too since he was a carpenter, or anything else positive associated with his life. But to wear the cross, the one he was murdered on, seems negative since it represents his death, not life. Who else but Americans would consider it holy to hang a symbol of a man dying around their necks, and one which Christians themselves refer to as an emblem of suffering and shame? Many still have crosses hanging in their homes or cars. They respect the symbol of the cross and consider it as something very dear to them. Their Jesus did not write his own Bible. Neither did he interpret it so any black preacher has the option of interpreting it to flock in any way he chooses to his flock in any way he chooses. It is possible to take a passage out of the Bible and put 10 black preachers in a room and tell them to write down what it means to them. Undoubtedly, there would emerge 10 separate different definitions of what passage means. Jesus did not want confusion. The average black man is not concerned with which religion the majority of African Americans believe in. They refer to God modernly as the creator and believe that it doesn't matter what a person believes, but who God is or what they call him, because it all means the same thing about who God is or what they call him, because it all means the same thing, because there's only one God. There is, but he doesn't know which one it is. He thinks that religious choice is an individual one that has no bearing on the unity of a people. Take 
taking a look at the other American nationalities and some of the reputations they list as one, Italian men are known for loyal friendships and organizational skills. Two, Japanese men exhibit honor and firmness in their dealings. Three, the Jews have determination and unity of cause. Four, the Puerto Ricans are territorial and claim each other. Five, the Koreans have stamina and group cooperation. Six, the Indians maintain their culture and are a proud people. Seven, the Europeans have agreement and systems to control and rule others. There is one commonly commonality that all of these nationalities have in preserving their cultures and heritage. The one link that joins them is they all have the same religion and names, including the traditions and ceremonies attached to their roots. Their likeness unifies them in accomplishing many goals that are far out of reach of the black man who believes almost strictly in the European religion of Christianity in one form or another. He also uses names that are extracted from all of the other nationalities or some he makes up himself, which have no meanings at all. Neither do they associate him with being black. It is impossible for him to erase the picture drilled into his skull as Jesus, the blue-eyed, slender, hippie-looking white male with a beard and a long hair without having another definite face and body to replace it with. He keeps trying to seek help and direction from a God that has no face that he can recognize. It keeps him worshiping white men. The slave master knew that by making Jesus wield superhuman powers greater than um, a normal man, he was able to attract the black man's allegiance to him because Jesus was described as even greater than the slave master himself. That was the only kind of God the black man would accept, one who was greater and stronger than his master, one who would make everything all right in the great hereafter, his post-existence, despite the moral um, despite the black man's overriding belief in Jesus, he is afraid to make moral judgments about some of today's immorality because he thinks that he has no right to censor others and he doesn't want to be accused or moralizing or, uh, or being overly critical of the personal actions of others. Everybody has a right to do whatever they want to do. Right, wrong. All morals are grounded in religion. So the intermediate question gets to be which religion is to be chosen to represent the right morals. These morals conceivably must be God's selection. So next, a specific um, God has to be recognized. Once this is done, Armageddon rears its venomous head because Armageddon is the final showdown between right and wrong. Black men are content to wage conversational Armageddon by agreeing that nothing is absolutely right and nothing is absolutely wrong. It just depends on the person and the situation. That is how they accept immoral behavior as the norm. Even the God of the European religion that he has adopted is no longer considered qualified to denounce wrongdoing and his guidelines eliminated to pave way for modern interpretation. Religion or recognition of a supreme being is now considered an option. It always has been, and there is no compulsion in it. So the black man timidly defers making judgment calls, and this temperament trails him in all areas of his life. He is hesitant. He certainly is not comfortable taking an opposing position or stand on an unpopular subject publicly. He knows it will cause him despair in the form of rejection, being ostracized, or demands to prove his position. He has little or nothing left to defend his positions with because he has been stripped of all his moral turpitude due to all decisions in life having been reduced to an individual choice or a personal preference. 
Do your own thing. Live and let live. Chill out. When the white man made up his ideas and rituals and called them holy, he referred to it as religion. Whenever the black man makes him makes him up a religion, the white man calls it a cult. There have been several brave black men who attempted to make up a new religion for the black man. They desired to change the Christian guidelines around to accommodate ideas more suited to their nature. Their dogmas, all but one based on modified Christianity, failed to unite the people under one religious umbrella that was specifically catered to their needs. They were Noble Drew Ali, Daddy Grace, Prophet Cherry, Father Divine, and the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. Briefly, their platforms were as follows. Noble Drew Ali, he wrote his own religious text called the Quran. The Quran, not the same as the Islamic Holy Quran. He wanted the Negro to know their origin as Asiatics, did not seek religious integration with whites. He began his organization in Newark, Drew found his second in 1913, and when he died, he vowed to be reincarnated, come back to life after death. Old records say he was a Muslim at heart, but respected the American flag and loyalty to the USA. They celebrate their Christmas on January 5th to the anniversary of the day Noble Jew was reincarnated. He titled his group the Moorish Science Temple, Moorish Americans are Moors. Daddy Grace organized his own Christian sect based on holiness and conversion and being sanctified into the Holy Spirit. Services consisted of regular Christian church behaviors, such as intense prayer services and speaking in tongues. He believed in masters and servants. His group was open to blacks and whites, and they used the regular Bible. His program was based loosely on the format of Father Divine, except he looked and dressed more like a sugar daddy with long hair. Prophet Cherry called his people the black Jews of the Church of God. He used the Yiddish and Hebrew Bibles. He suggested that his Jewish God was black. He taught his followers of three heavens, one on earth and the second in the trees and the third in the sky. He attracted a modest following in his program. Two was a variation of Father Divine's and Daddy Grace's opinion was that he was an opportunist. Father Divine, he had a humongous ego and didn't beat around the bush and informed his followers outright that he was their God, the new Jesus. He endeared himself to his flock by instructing them to refer to him as daddy. As their daddy, he told them to turn over all their worldly goods and house deeds to him and he would take care of all their personal needs. He developed several commercial products, a publication and weekly hosted huge banquets which he charged only a few cents for or fed his people free. He was four six tall, four six four feet six inches tall, and told his membership that they would live forever. He also told them that sexual relations and marriage were unnecessary and forbade married couples from sleeping together. He claimed that his followers did not need doctors because he would heal them. His religious meetings were loud and rowdy with singing, stomping, shouting, and speaking in tongues. He required parents to absolve themselves of motherhood and fatherhood and turn their children over to him to live in the kingdom. His church was open to all races, and he married a white woman who continues to carry on his work today as Mother Lorraine. 
He acquired several real estate investments like hotels and a roomy castle-like dwelling. And his followers pleased him. He crowned them kings, queens, princes, and princesses with much pomp and royal costumes. He operated his kingdom for about 15 years until he was arrested on trumped-up charges of creating a nuisance. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad. Declared he was missioned by God Allah in the person of Master Far Muhammad to become a messenger of truth to his people. He was the first black man since slavery to introduce the black man to a religion completely different and opposed to the Christian teachings given to them from the slave master. He identified their God as black, showed them a picture of him, told them the white man was the devil and their natural enemy and called their religion Islam. He told them that before coming to America, that they were Muslims and that they should not eat pork and must learn to be self-sufficient. He told the black man that he was a part of God, Allah, the supreme being, and should start preparing themselves to rule the world. For over 40 years, the nation of Islam labored as the largest, most unified and successful example of the black man's real strength and true nature in American history. Despite the aforementioned options all existing in the early and mid-1900s, the masses of black men opted not to join either group and clung to regular Christianity. His problem is that he seeks a God who is best experienced by an emotional feeling. He wants a religion which permits him to do anything. He chooses and will still accept him as practicing member. Christianity, including Catholicism, are the only religions that allows him to do this. If he makes up another religion, he makes it a form of Christianity because it's something else to make himself believe that he's worshiping a new idea. Today, there are many popular black men, TV or radio evangelists, spewing all kinds of varied interpretations of Christianity. They sell prayer clothes, hot, um, hot numbers, crosses, that glow, holy paper, and other trinkets. They swear will bring the owner good luck and special blessings. They have huge followings and exhibit no shame at ripping the people off in the name of Jesus. The black man thinks that the rules of bylaws of a religion are designed to make his life miserable. He had picked up many bad habits that rob him of life longevity and good health. Yet when it is suggested to him for his own benefit that he stops such vices as smoking, using drugs, drinking alcohol, eating pork, carrying weapons or promiscuity, he thinks these regulations restrict him from having a good time. He has become so far removed from high moral standards and healthy living that he perceives giving up his vices as depriving him from consuming things that make him happy. He is eternally in search of artificial stimulus to make himself feel better and becomes addicted to substances and tastes that slightly delay the true reality of his days and nights. When his forefathers were brought to America, they were not using intoxicants, chemicals, or nicotine or caffeine. These are bad habits he has picked up since his original demise. The black man does not think that he can live without these unrighteous practices, even though um, to stop them would lengthen his life, save him money, and return him to his undefiled state of consciousness. Um, resuscitation is painful to him because wrongdoing is presented as justifiable and convenient. A sensible person is full in full charge of his mental capacities would embrace any program that eliminates the need for stimulants and immoral behavior. The black man rejects any program that requires him to clean himself up. He does not know that he must 
be clean internally in order to think clearly. He seeks a lifestyle that permits him to practice his vices and still authentic authenticates his sincerity of purpose. No such program exists. And they mock the black men who do try to live a vice-free life and label them squares or fanatics. Righteousness is not admired or sought. It is sad that he allows his vices to keep him separated from his God because no God would accept him while he practices his unholy alliances. The information and descriptions on the previous page is not presented in to insult or make fun of European religions or holidays. Europeans have every right to believe in their own religion and to celebrate any way they please. However, the black man has not been afforded this privilege and has instead become the victim of a very cruel and long-lasting hoax. He was raised to ignore his own presence. He was forced into this predicament a long time ago due to being fed repeated gulps of positive information about another race which intentionally excluded his existence. His brain became muddled trying to digest the information he was given while frantically trying to sneak in little information about himself. He got indigestion. This disease has already been linked to the slavery process endured by his ancestors to preserve his life. To vaccinate him with this slavery, everything, <clears throat> to vaccinate him with this slavery, everything that was real to him and verified his life was just dissected out of his daily lifestyle. The psycho-emotional damage is immeasurable and yet, as yet only partially calculable. Every iota of seemingly unrelated misinformation he was given must be analyzed and removed one step at a time. This chapter attempts to outline selected data objectively by listing examples of how the black man was vilified by European Western precepts. He has negated to consider the overall effect of living a lie. Repression is a safety mechanism for him because his ego is unable to bear the gigantic pain of this 500-year-old sham and weakened by such a waste of time. He doesn't know how to rearrange his beliefs to be grounded in truth, the truths that pertain to his life and history on earth. He should not only feel any guilt about disregarding the Europeans' religion because they share no remorse about ignoring his. He must most certainly should consider that white scholars and theologians write and rewrite the Bible at will. There are now several versions available, all claiming to be authentic interpretations. Black men preachers are at fault here for continuing to represent the slave master's religion to black people attending church searching for salvation. They tell their church members that they are praying for them, but they are really praying on them for personal elevation and financial gain. This chapter will inspire a lot of debate because the black man has never been openly challenged on his religious belief. Factually, the black man does not realize that being a Christian does not just mean that he attends church. Christianity is a frame of mind, a way of thinking and acting, a type of behavior resulting from Christian teachings embedded in him when he was a baby boy. All right. Woo. That's the end of chapter nine. I'm not going to talk more about it because I discuss, you know, um, but I think she talks. We understand that what the black man has to go through to clear himself and that he kind of has his ego keeps him from wanting to admit that he's just been bamboozled, brainwashed, and he got to start this thing all over you know, and find out who he is, find out who God is. Like, really? I've been bamboozled? That's why I'm in this mess? Yeah.